Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And thank you so, so much for bearing with us as we are a week late. We say we find the highs and lows every other week. It's nah. not always every other week. Especially, weather permitting. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't normally think weather would be much of a factor, but a snowstorm or two in the space of a week in Texas is very, very unusual. And power was not guaranteed at any point. Here we are a little late, but we're here. We survived. We were prepared for the podcast, not so much for the <laughs> winter weather. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're not unlike the great state of Texas. There were some failures there. (laughs) That's all right. But we're here, we're safe, and we're ready to talk about Live in Utrecht Disc 7. That's right. We're going to talk about the whole disc. We haven't done that in a while. I know, that's the truth. (laughs) We've been splitting these discs up in halves, basically, just to be able to spend time talking about all these great unreleased tracks. When it came to this one, it's not that it's not great. But it is a live show that we've basically heard before to a degree since Mm -hmm. we covered the concert film way back in the fall of 2020. Oh, it was the summer. Summer of 2020. Yeah. Yes, as part of the many things that would not be included on the Super Deluxe Edition of Sign of the Times. Concert film being one of them due to legal mumbo jumbo, whatever. Whatever, we get this instead. This is pretty great. I don't know if we might have gotten this anyway. I think really the New Year's Eve DVD with Miles Davis is probably what we got instead of the concert film. Mm -hmm. But regardless, here we are with some live stuff to listen to. A different soundboard, Sign of the Times tour. Nobody's complaining. No, no. This is part one from the concert in the Netherlands. June 20th of 1987, it was a sold-out show of nearly 15,000 people, and uh, he did four days in a row of concerts in the Netherlands, June 19th to the 22nd, 1987, so we get one right in the middle. That's right, smack dab in the middle. You think of it, sold-out Prince concert in the 80s, 14,806, it seems like a very small relatively intimate arena mm-hmm. for a Prince tour in the late 80s. Yeah. But that's why he did four stops there, so he could fit in that's whatever, right. 60,000 people. Right. Yeah, rather than doing one show for 60,000 people, they got four shows that added up to that much. Correct. Seems like a lot more work for the same amount of people, but can I you? I bet the tech crew probably said, perfect, let's set it up <laughs> and leave it for four days. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're right. So this was the same band, essentially, that we saw in the concert film with Prince and Sheila E. And Levi Caesar Jr. on bass and Miko Weaver on guitar. Dr. Fink, the one holdover from the revolution. Bonnie Boyer on keyboards. Eric Leeds, Atlanta Bliss. And then the dance crew and backup singers of Cat, Wally, and Greg Brooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Yep. And it starts right in. Intro and sign of the times. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there are going to be a lot of similarities between what we heard and saw in the concert film and this show from June 20th. But I wanted to say up front before we got into the details of the songs that I thought this soundboard recording of a live sign of the times tour with no overdubs that I know of 
gives the concert film even more credit for being really, really excellent. That's um, super fair. Because the concert film obviously had some overdubs and some lip syncing due to how it was basically re-recorded at Paisley Park and some forced, overlaid, maybe unnecessary storylines. But the music in the concert film was top-notch and was a pretty true representation of the live show that we hear on this disc. And the concert film was also edited down to fit comfortably on like a VHS tape since it was a home release, about 85 minutes long. And it also removed some of the songs played regularly on the tour, but not from the Sign of the Times album, Mm -hmm. which we get a little bit more of a peek at here. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So sorry. Segway. Oh, that's fine. Sign of the Times. Yeah. It starts in this uh, heavy, fast, really just righteous guitars. Yep. That was how he opened all these shows mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, he had moved away in 1999 from being this lead guitarist and he had put Des Dickerson in more charge of that. And Des was like, it's about time. Why don't you just be the front man? Uh-huh. And, you know, now here a few years later, he's back to opening a concert by himself on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, greatest guitar player who ever lived. Mm. That's fantastic. Let's let's have him do he did one of the greatest things yeah. that he was and you certainly at. don't think of sign of the times the album as this guitar driven album mm-hmm. and you certainly don't think of the song as a guitar solo filled screecher right but he turns it into exactly that from the beginning yeah mm-hmm. i always love a shout out from where he is that's one of my favorite things about concert recordings Hearing him talk to the audience, he yells at Holland twice. Yes, acknowledgement of Mm -hmm. the current real estate at hand. (laughs) That's right. Well, and it's just, I know where I am. Yeah. Yeah, Which I always kind of appreciate, too. Yeah, it's a good marker, like historical, mm -hmm. you know, proof, I guess you could say, too, of where they are. Right. It's a super fast delivery. Yeah, it is. Uh, lyrics here. Yeah, it's kind of a spoken rap kind of thing mm-hmm. to a degree. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear uh, some of the intonations that he puts on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- there's a place where he says rocket ship at like two and a half minutes. and slurred Hmm. and it kind of conveys this distaste for what he considers wasteful spending misappropriation yeah it's it's palpable can you imagine if they had just named the album that misappropriation funding (laughs) the new album double album by prince yeah i know what you mean he's very into it it's like a Mm -hmm. you know a live actor spitting on stage is very engaged yeah kind of actor yeah 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 there are some things where he enunciates, especially clearly, too, uh-huh. at three minutes and 30 seconds, where there's the refrain of, it's silly, no, when a rocket ship explodes, everybody still wants to fly. Some say, man, ain't happy truly till man truly dies. Oh, sign of the times. says it all where you know even the official title of the album is sign of the times with uh-huh. the of truncated but he 
says it all there with some emphasis. <laughs> That's right. He wants to make sure that you know exactly what you are there for. Yeah. And he follows it from three minutes and 34 seconds to about 350 with this rocking guitar that's kind of just the strumming that's happening on the electric guitar. Not really a solo, but this driving kind of guitar part. That was not in the concert film. I'm so used to listening to the concert film that hearing this... Uh-huh. Even though it's you know relatively the same, there are differences that stick out at you because you're expecting certain things to happen, and you know they don't. Yeah, because it was live. Yeah, and it was just Prince and Doctor Fink on stage at this point, right? right. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yep, yep. And then he has this. He gives the live delivery of "We'll call him Nate if it's a boy," mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of feedback yep. before the drum line comes in, and I yes. love that they didn't. Yeah, cut that out or not use this take because that's there because it just adds a little bit to the live raw realness of this recording. Yeah, he even uh, does a little scream like a high-pitched scream that i thought he might be doing to kind of cover it up a little bit uh-huh, to cover up the feedback yeah 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 just before that too you mentioned the different intonations he gives to different lines that uh-huh. he delivers at three minutes and 51 seconds before he says we'll call him native it's a boy it's sign of the times meth which mess with your mind uh-huh. like the word your is emphasized which was not done on the in the concert film it's just a different kind of delivery that mm-hmm. you know doesn't mean anything other than he delivered it differently right which is fun this yeah. is why we like That's live right. recordings yep <laughs> got those whooshy, many, many whooshy sound effects that we've heard in so many places during this era that we've talked about. Yeah, the little synthesizer hit. Yeah, yeah. there's one at four minutes and 21 seconds that kind of, I don't know, hits real strong uh-huh. and made me remember, oh, those things are all over the place and uh-huh. I didn't really pick them up in the concert film as much as I did here. note on this song was his first Wizard of Oz OEO oh uh-huh. the crowd is kind of weak at calling it back to him on the first try but uh-huh. the second try they kind of get it right yeah it's almost like they weren't expecting it somehow just not as familiar with the wizard of oz could be yeah and then it goes into there's like a stark end to sign of the times and then we get play in the sunshine yep just like the cut in the concert film Mm -hmm. and at the very beginning i find myself wanting to hear like where's the electric crackle of the plasma ball (laughs) because that was part of the film Uh you know he walks up to it and the camera is like shooting through it and his hand is on the other side his Uh face is on the other side and he goes uh-huh. You, know, you expect that... me. I do. I expected the... <laughs> and there was no... <laughs> no. <laughs> That's 
quality audio right there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, very, very 80s synthesizers. Says hello to Holland again. Yes. He was yeah. very... Welcome. Yes. Welcoming them to the show. Yeah. Kind of well, welcoming them to the Prince family a little bit, too. Yeah. He did that in the concert film, but it was hello uptown and welcome. And yeah. here it was hello Holland and welcome. Mm-hmm. And they've already experienced a song at this point, too. So. Right. Really, because he's the visitor, right? <laughs> yeah, which I but, thought was a little <laughs> weird. It's kind of like he's welcoming them to their own home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I you got to think of it as, yeah, he's welcoming him to his show, his world, and their country. Right. Hello, Holland! And welcome! One, two, yeah, yeah. Another one, very fast. Very, very fast. I think there's a little bit more horns in the mix than in the concert film version, especially before the first verse starts, where mm-hmm. he starts singing. It's, 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 more, it's more horny. <laughs> You might say. (laughs) And again, just fun delivery of certain lines that are a little bit different or altered than from the film or from the album itself. I love his delivery of when the big white rabbit begins to talk. Kind of growls through it. Yeah. Yeah. And the hey na hey 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 Colin response is yeah just great. I really think that that's a something that he does with foreign audiences in particular. Hmm. Be especially. I mean, I would say. Most people in Holland speak English, sure. so it's it's not like it's a different language for them. But I really think that's the kind of thing that he pulls into overseas concerts to give people who don't speak English yeah. a way to be able to call in response without having to feel like they're not pronouncing something correctly or they're going to get made fun of in the audience or whatever. Yeah. You know, you get just like, yeah, just sounds, just sounds to be able to Mm. respond with, which I think is great. Yeah. At a minute and 37 seconds where the line should be some way, somehow I want to have fun. Mm hmm. He doesn't say, I want to have fun. He just goes from some way, somehow, and then we get a ow scream instead. Okay. Just again, like different delivery from what you're used to hearing if you've mm-hmm. obsessed over the concert film for 35 years or so, like yeah. some of us have. <laughs> yeah. I also wondered if you caught when he introduces Sheila E on the drums. Sheila E. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say not bad for a girl. Yeah. Instead he says, oh, I see. Like, oh, yeah, she's good. On the drums, Sheila E. Oh, I see. It's just a different delivery. and Yeah, that's, that's great. Fun. Yeah. I like that one a little better. And just before that, we get uh, screechy guitars, delightful xylophone sounds. I think it's a synthesizer. 
I don't remember there being a xylophone on stage. But... No, and it's very quickly played, too, so it yes. sounds more like a keyboard kind of yes. delivery. But it's super fun. We had a little shave and a haircut. Yeah, I love how the official name of the song, Play in the Sunshine, parentheses, contains unlisted elements from shave and a haircut. there are it's a very end of the song what do you mean unlisted elements it's that's how the song ends yeah it's pretty i mean dun, 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 uh-huh. right two bits right yeah but at, after that there's some organ sounds mm-hmm. and i was like man those sound familiar to me they sound a little like p control Not to me. They sounded just like the concert film going into Little Red Corvette to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, it does. But I just made a connection when I was mm. listening to this one. I'm like, oh, that's something he picked back up. Okay. So it sounded a little like P-Control to me. So All it's right. something maybe he revisited a little later. Definitely possible. Oh, yeah. Because he did that a lot. For sure. Then we go into Little Red Corvette, which was not included in the concert film because oh, it contraire. was... It was. It was? Yeah. The same little minute and whatever, minute and 30 second snippet that we get here in the live show is in the concert film. Oh, well, I believe you. I guess I just It might not forgot. be tracked that way or listed, but it is right there oh, okay. from... It's a segue from playing the sunshine to Housequake, and he plays this in the middle. In fact, he delivers that little part where he uh, sings the first verse, and then he ad-libs in the concert film and says, do you suppose maybe I could be that love? And then we get some slow motion stuff of him jumping down from platforms before Housequake starts. Oh, my mistake. I apologize. Yes, you're right. Exactly. It's essentially the same little snippet here as a segue, and Holland gets a chance to sing it uh-huh. at 47 seconds. And there's a little falsetto part at a minute and 12 seconds that I didn't hear the first couple times I listened to this. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of, it's like he's off microphone singing falsetto in this one little oh, part there. Fun. That's kind of a neat moment if you can catch it. I guess it must have been hard to decide where to cut the song because the shut up already damn mm-hmm. from Housequake is in the little red Corvette track. Shut up already, damn. Oh, it's tracked there? Yep. I didn't notice that. Yep. Of course, I was listening to it, not watching right. my phone or my computer while yep. it was playing. Okay, well. Huh, so the shut up already is at the end Little Red Corvette. Uh-huh, and not at the beginning of Housequake, which annoyed me a little bit. I would say that's a travesty, because if you want to listen to Housequake from the beginning, it always starts with well, shut up already. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what I said in Housequake, yeah. in my next part of my notes, is right. if I were putting this live version of Housequake in a mix, I'd be really annoyed that shut up already damn wasn't in this track, because yep. that's how Housequake starts. It is. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's how it starts. Interesting. So. I don't know what the reasoning would be for tracking it there. Um, I don't know. It seemed like they could have cut it off 
right before that and put that part in Housequake track, but it wasn't my decision yeah. to make. Well, in our expertly audio version, expertly crafted audio version of the Sign of the Times concert film that I ripped from our <laughs> DVD, you can bet your bippy that it was tracked correctly. <laughs> my bippy? Where is my bippy? I don't know. You can Google it when we're done with this. <laughs> I think it's next to my boppity boo. <laughs> Maybe so. Right in front of it. Uh, this was pretty true to the concert film version uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get the don't wait for your neighbor before green eggs and ham. I wonder if he was busy dancing in a minute and 17 seconds where that line should be and just is not there. We get instrumental, instrumental, and then green eggs and ham where it should be, but never the line, don't wait for your neighbor. Uh-huh. Green eggs and So I wonder if he was just off microphone dancing or on his back or (laughs) doing who knows what. Yeah, the Detroit crawl probably. Yep, maybe so. (laughs) It's a very shouty delivery, but in a really authentic, fun way. Yep. Yeah. It's a funk shout kind of song. Yeah. Which is in contrast to the, you know, album version, of course, which is Camille altered vocals mm-hmm. and sort of sung in parts. There are parts that are sung and parts that are rapped. Uh-huh. And here, the live version, it's almost always a little shouted. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the way he delivers and the kick drum is the fault. Mm-hmm. And the kick drum is the fault. I'm like, this is why we need live recordings, because you get bored doing it the same way all the time. A little variety in these familiar lyrics is just A+. It's so good. This is why we need it. We don't get the opportunity to go see him live anymore. So these live recordings give us a flavor of that experience. Yep, it does. Yeah. And ad-libbing, I think, a little bit towards the end of the song. It calls out, on the one, y'all. And does this quake, y'all say it, quake, y'all say it. And then this good God, that's one of the cues that the band would learn when he sang that to pick it up again. And, uh-huh. and he, would, he did that two or three times at the end of this track. Yeah, with a variety of deliveries, which yeah. was really, really fun. Yeah, all of them in, in, ending with some version of Good God, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like an homage to James Brown almost. Mm-hmm. Well, in the way the uh, shakalaka boom, what was that? Aftershock. That's so fun live. Yep. Shakalaka boom. What was that? Aftershock. The song with the, the everybody clap your hands, it was always meant to be performed live. Yep. And I really think that he recorded it with the idea. Yeah, I think this is the song we touched on where it must have been difficult to be alone in a studio putting all this together and creating this party song and just having the confidence to know that it would be something that would get a crowd 
riled up and ready to go and perform it alone that way on a recording and make it fun and then make it even more fun live mm-hmm. was a real talent. Yeah. Sure. If Cosmic Day is any indication, Prince had a very vivid imagination. So, mm-hmm. you know, him recording it alone in the studio and imagining what it would be like to perform it in front of an audience is uh, doesn't seem like it was maybe that huge of a leap. It's for not him. quite the sure. leap for him that it would be for us or for most anybody else in or out of the business. Yeah, I mean, I do a form of creative work, and I spend probably a quarter of my day worrying about whether or not it sucks. <laughs> and he, you <laughs> he know, not afflicted with no. That's nothing he ever worried about, as evidenced by some things that he recorded that did suck. <laughs> um, but he never uh, had any doubt as to whether or not it was on point. Yeah. Well, even if it did stink, he it was what he wanted it stunk in a way that yeah it was was, was his choice yeah and he was in control he called the shots yep and it kind of ends with a thunder sound yep yeah that's a concert staple it is for ever for a very long time yeah then we have girls and boys Cut from the concert film, That's right. sadly enough. Yep. From the Parade album and the Under the Cherry Moon movie. Yep. It was a single in Europe, but not in the U.S. Uh, so this really would have been probably well-known. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very well-known overseas. Yep. That album and film were a little more well-accepted in Europe than here in the U.S., where we have our expectations and are not pleased when those expectations are not met. <laughs> We should mention this is a song that you covered uh, on the Press Rewind podcast. Yeah, with uh, Jason Brenninger. Yeah, we haven't covered the Parade album on our show yet. No, but we have a go into a deep dive, Jason and I, Yeah, on um, his show. So I thought in lieu in, of talking about the sure. studio track for us, uh, you ought to direct people where they can find oh, yeah. that show. That Absolutely. I'll put that on our social media where you can go and... Have a listen to that. It was great fun talking to Jason. And you can find us on social media at the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast on Facebook, TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast on Twitter, or you can send me an email, podcast at gmail.com, and I can send you a link to that. So it's probably easier to go find it on the social media, but I'm happy to provide that for you. So, yeah. I think this song is great. And oh. with this band, um, and it still fits the feel of Sign of the Times, even though it's a, you know, a track from a previous album, even a previous band at this point. Yeah. But it features so heavily Eric Leeds on the saxophone, and Eric is here for the show, and it just makes sense for mm-hmm. it to be played. Yeah. It's a really raw delivery on Prince's part. Well, she will promise you another man. Try so hard not to go insane. To fly, look like one. Sheila E takes over on verse three. Yeah, she gets a vocal solo on uh-huh. Life is Precious, Baby, Love is So Rare. Uh-huh. Life is precious, baby, love is so rare. I could take the breakup if you say that you can. We had to run away as far 
for her. I mean, she gets a few vocal appearances and even swaps places with Prince, and Prince plays drums at times with this band, but um, she's not a really a featured vocalist, mm-hmm. nor did she really want to be, it seemed like, either. Yeah, she wanted to be a really excellent drummer. Yep. Yeah. Check. Yep. We get a fun on the big mm-hmm. horn, skinny man, blow. Two minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, I love, uh, that's how, uh, you know, Prince referred to Eric a lot of times was skinny, skinny man. man. Uh-huh. Well, he's a very thin man. Yeah. Yeah. He's tall and thin. Yep. And yeah. bearded. And bearded. Or mustached. <laughs> Mustachio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wonder um, if people in the crowd caught it. I would guess maybe not, where he calls out squirrel meat, and it's kind of <laughs> hard for him to understand. <laughs> that was another one of those vocal cues that a lot of members of this band on the official Prince podcast talked about learning all kinds of cues like that for different parts, whether it be ice cream or squirrel meat or good God, and that mm-hmm. had to be one of them for th- Squirrel meat with the horn part that followed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, squirrel meat being a line from Super Funky Califragisexy mm-hmm. from the Black Album. Yep. Yep. There's sirens. Man, we were oh, yeah. out about before that. all the weather hit. Yep. And uh, those sirens took me a little by surprise. Because driving in the car. Driving in the car. I was not speeding, and I was like, what why I could I be? Oh, no, that's on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. So the cut is clear that Girls and Boys was removed because the next song performed is Slow Love, which followed Housequake mm-hmm. on the concert film. We just get a nice segue of Girls and Boys in between this yeah. one. Which I gotta say, I found Slow Love even kind of more of a downer following Girls and Boys. <laughs> it's so, you know, purposefully, it's a very ballady ballad. It's uh-huh. very lullaby ish, but following another fast song, an exciting song like Girls and Boys, I get that, you know, you wanna have breaks in the show and highs and lows and that kind of thing, but um, the adjective slow and slow love <laughs> is very apropos here, I think. <laughs> That is super fair. That was very, very similar to the concert film performance of this song, which mm-hmm. we made comments on his clothing during this part of the show, where it was kind of more orange than peach, and his suspenders uh-huh. were gone, and uh-huh. lots of lots of distracting things that you don't get to see when you're just listening to a soundboard recording, you know? That's right. You can just dream about them, imagine them. So it was slow and kind of a downer, but he does a few little things to kind of lighten it a little. Yeah. So there's this woe at mm-hmm. like a minute and 35 that's almost like a frog-like croak. <laughs> it admits to this like sweetly sung and it uh, just it gives it a little yeah. like levity and joy. He does this guttural scream like throughout it that our daughter, the same the same trip that you were taken aback <laughs> by the sirens and girls and boys, our daughter starts laughing in the backseat of the car, 12-year-old. <laughs> we're like, what's so funny? Clara says, 
He sounded like a pig. <laughs> it's kind of it's not an oinky kind of thing, but it sort of is also. You know, it's kind of thing that he does. Yeah, so we got Prince compared to a pig in the car. Uh, he has a fun screamy bit. You know, Whoa, shut the door, baby. Uh-huh. That was a little like lighthearted and fun too. Yeah. And- That part in the concert film, yeah. too, there's the same, shut the door, baby, no, yeah. or however he sings it, it's like that. Yeah. I did like, this song cleared up something that he says in the concert film that I never understood. I just didn't know if it was like ad-lib sounds or what it was, but at four minutes and five seconds, how he calls for a sax solo from Eric Leeds, okay. where he says, you got a saxophone this morning or this evening? I didn't realize all I could hear in the concert film was something about this evening. And I didn't realize he was saying, you have a saxophone this evening or this morning or this evening. Uh, it's him calling for a sax solo. Like, okay. I don't even know what time of day it is, but can you play? <laughs> Basically. Very cool. Then we have a uh, medley. Kind of. Take the A-Train pacemaker. I can never take the place of your man. It's a little misleading. It's <laughs> I can never take the place of your man with that same kind of slow intro from the concert film. Yeah. yeah well, I'm sure it's, it's got elements of these songs in it, okay, that they maybe had to list for legal reasons. Right. Well, the A-Train is a cover of a Duke Ellington right. song, and Prince liked it and used elements of, of it. from that. Yeah, but it doesn't say unlisted elements of Take the A Train like it does with uh, Shave and a Haircut, which are very clear. Here it seems like it's clear, but it's sort of hidden. Yeah. So, I don't know. The yeah. mysteries of song naming and tracking. <laughs> I don't know. By the but Prince Estate. Prince included uh, elements of Take the A Train mm-hmm. in concerts from 1987 to 2002 periodically. Uh, Pacemaker is a song by Eric Leeds. It was played in Rock Hard in a Funky Place from the Black Album. Mm. So that was part of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love the song live. I mean, it's really, it's I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man with these other things sprinkled in. But it's got the, slay, the same slow introduction here uh, without the dipping in and out of the silly cat and Wally dialogue from the concert yeah. film where... You know, Wally's like, baby, those aren't tears in your eyes, is it? And yeah, it's like, Wally, what am I going to do? Like, okay. I mean, when you take that and rip audio from it and listen to it, it's distracting and sounds kind of silly to me. So I say addition by subtraction here without that. (laughs) As the song builds in from a minute 21 to a minute 27 seconds, there's a guitar part in there that just mesmerizes me. I love it. thought the lead line, the uh-huh. is very fanfarish with horns and faster than the album mm-hmm. version, maybe even faster than the concert film. Mm-hmm. 
a big band type of song in a really good way. Mm-hmm. And one of the first examples of it in a, I mean, the parade tour with the revolution had a lot of big band feel to it, but here, um, you know, it's got a big band play on what we now know is a very early 1980s song, mm-hmm. which we heard uh, earlier in the set, the original version right. of it. Do you know what the cacophony of voices are saying at the start? So it kind of, there's a bunch of voices layered over top of one yeah. another to sound like a train station, mm. I think. It kind of sounds like the conscience hears what? I couldn't tell what they were saying, but it's the same line over and over. I'm pretty yeah, sure it repeated. ends with what? Yeah, it's but a loop of some kind. Yeah, yeah, and layered on top of one another. And I couldn't, I just didn't know if maybe you had an idea of what. I've never really studied it much, but oh. uh, yeah, to me, it sounds like it's looped uh-huh. and layered on top yeah. of each other and kind of stair stepped a little bit to make it sound like a crowd. Right. With very little effort. Yes. You know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. we're going to sketch this out and get to it quickly yeah. kind of thing. His guitar tech gets a call out in this song, too. Yeah. What was his name? Could you tell? It sounded like Tommy to me. Tommy or, I mean, he had a guitar tech later that was Japanese, I believe, and it sort of sounded like Takumi. Oh, okay. But I don't know that he was working for Prince at that time. So I heard Tommy also. I don't know who the guitar tech would have been at this point or a sound engineer that he would call out to to say, turn me up like Mm -hmm. he does before his guitar solo here yeah sweet sweet it is guitar solo it is and like perfectly played again you think of a live show and it's a fairly complex solo and pretty fast moving and um i would say flawless yeah oh absolutely and there's a Interplay yep. of those guitar and the horns and the keys. Yep. That's just yeah, fantastic. It is four minutes and fifty three seconds to five minutes and four seconds. Where there's this not battle, but Prince plays a guitar part and then horns and keyboards play it back and they almost do like mm-hmm. a call and response on stage to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's similar to the concert film, but also some subtle differences here that Prince probably threw in on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was never the same, so I'm sure everyone's like paying attention, like, oh, here we go. What are we going to have to uh, follow, mm-hmm. pay attention Yep. Then at like 6.45, we get these like shimmery cymbals and a growling guitar. And again, it's just, it's so great. But then it's, that's followed with like this like repetitive portion that I'm sure worked really, really well in concert when you're in at a show like that mm-hmm. you're in the venue, that repetition is so comforting and fun to feel and enjoy. And you kind of know what to expect for a minute or two. And I think it 
drags on a little long when you're just listening to the recording, but I think it works really well in concert. Mm. I just thought the entire slowed down instrumental part at the end, that's real jazzy and creeping on the album version mm-hmm. and live it's more driving and groovy. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a three note guitar part that repeats that starts like at six minutes and two seconds. That's the do, do, do. And it just repeats and repeats and it's simple, but I don't know. I guess I think back to the concert film very, I don't know, lovingly, I guess I'll say, Mm -hmm. because when I was so used to the album version, when I saw the concert film and it's like this different kind of instrumental part and it's something new to like learn mentally. And uh, I thought it was just super simple and awesome. And then we pointed this out in the concert film um, at nine minutes and 16 seconds. There's this horn solo that's also used in databank and super funky califragia sexy that I always love to hear. It's a little slower, slowed down in this part too. And it's just cool to hear these parts mixed in and used that he lifts and drops in seamlessly to these other songs that of course, like the average listener wouldn't even realized mm-hmm. um, thought might come off as written particularly for this part, but it's straight from other songs that, you know, have never seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's some vocalizing alongside the horns mm-hmm. there too, which is once you hear it, you're, Oh, we always love that. Yeah, we do love that. Then that rolls into hot thing. Yeah, same intro from the concert film. We got mm-hmm. that hot thing beat, the kind of synthesizer, the drum machine, mm-hmm. hot thing beat. But did you notice from the concert film, there's a close-up of his face and he's playing an organ and every key he hits on the organ lights up his face. Right. And here there's not the lit up organ, but instead there's like bongos. Yeah, that, I, love I don't the know bongos. who's playing it. I guess Sheila E could have been freed up to do that because I think the hot thing beat is again a drum machine, not something played live. So my guess would be it's probably Sheila on stage mm-hmm. playing those. Yeah, they were surprising and really cool yeah yeah at a minute and 22 seconds i wonder what happened on stage because the audience starts screaming hey fellas and i'm like what happened did was prince like off stage for a moment and came back I don't know, is that before or after Levi calls Cat Afternoon Delight? Uh, That is before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Or it could have been dark and then maybe Prince was lit Mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. Man, there's so much lust when Prince says, hey, fellas, look. Yeah. Hey, fellas. Look. Man, it's just dripping with... Yeah, I know that animal uh, desire, and you assume that Cat is dancing on a fence somewhere, like yeah. she was on the <laughs> in the concert film. Yeah, as the boys objectify her. Yeah, to the same degree here they did in the concert film. Uh, yes, all uh, all in good fun, I guess. 
I guess. I guess. Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. Means sex in the afternoon. And it was made popular by a band called the Starlight Vocal Band in the 70s. Afternoon delight. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah. it's a cheesy song. It is. But... It was a cheesy piece of dialogue, too. So <laughs> they Fair. stayed within the genre, I guess. <laughs> when Prince's vocals kick in on verse one, mm-hmm. there's some serious flanging effects going mm-hmm. on that almost sound overdone, but are super cool. Yeah. I'd sang. You know, I heard that. I'm like, oh, listen to that flanging. And I'm like, where the heck do I know the word flanging from? <laughs> uh, so I did what I usually do and Googled flanging to make sure <laughs> that I was remembering it correctly. Flanging, an audio effect produced by mixing two identical signals together, one signal delayed by a small and gradually changing amount, usually smaller than 20 milliseconds. Wow. This produces a swept comb filter effect. Peaks and notches are produced in the resulting frequency spectrum related to each other in a linear harmonic series. And while I could not have written that definition, that is a great description of what's going on with Prince's vocals, especially at the very beginning of the song, but throughout mm-hmm. it, I want to say. Yeah. Um, Oh, and it finishes, varying the time delay causes these to sweep up and down the frequency spectrum. No, okay. Which is, I think, a great explanation of uh, how this sounds, mm-hmm. you know, his vocal effects. Yep. Did you notice the little mechanical hiss that kind of sounded like the 1999 yes. era recording? Yes, yeah, like uh, air pressure being uh-huh. released from a valve somewhere yep. mm-hmm. for some rocket to take off or some robot to come in. Yep. On stage. And then there's this uh, sliding sort of mechanical sound when Prince says, when you smile, Mm -hmm. are your smiles for me? And that kind of, the keys do the same sort of thing. Like there's a sliding mechanical and then the keys are sliding. And it was a really surprisingly interesting and effective use of stereo on a concert mm. recording which cool. I really appreciated you caught on to that maybe a little more than I did but I know what you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah just when I think of him singing that line when you smile mm-hmm. and I see him with his fingers Pointed and making a big giant smile in uh-huh. front of him and then yeah. going to his cheeks and doing this little <laughs> cheeky kind of smile thing. Uh-huh. Like the concert film. Uh, I appreciate Hot Thing live way more than I do in any form. There was a joke in some review of Sign of the Time Super Deluxe Edition that, you know, if you need eight different versions of Hot Thing, then this is the collection <laughs> for you because there's the album version, it's remastered, there are a couple remixes, there's an edit, there's this live version also. <laughs> and I think it shines way more live uh, and is a lot more fun than uh, on the studio version. Yeah, that's fair. And it kind of ends these, there's an upbeat horns and the mechanical sound kind of competing with each other a little bit, sort of this like light and dark 
Like the horns are light and fun and the mechanical sounds are like kind of ominous. Yeah. It's kind of a, a balance between the two at the end of this, which yep. I thought was good. Yeah. I really I enjoyed listening to listening to it um a lot. I mean it's a silly, very superficial kind of song, but it works really well in a live performance to me. Then we have four, a track from Madhouse Eight. Right, which we will get to eventually. I know you're looking yeah. forward to all the instrumental songs that were not <laughs> included in Sign of the Time Super Deluxe Edition, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna recover them. <laughs> um, this sort of this wasn't in the concert film exactly, um, but it kind of took the place of Now's the Time mm-hmm. from the concert film, um, and instead. Um, has this very fast take on the Madhouse instrumental, this Title Four, and it's unclear to me if Prince is even on stage for this or if it's uh, the band. Yeah. Like now's the time, and Prince uses it as an opportunity for a wardrobe change or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a way faster take than the album version of the song. Yes, for sure. Clipped horns. There's fast drums all over this. I don't love the organ synthesizers, but they're part of the ambiance of it. Okay. Plucky guitars. And then there's some almost impossibly fast guitars with horn punctuation, which yep. was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought this song showcases the band's chops, you might mm-hmm. say. They can move fast with precision through complex instrumental instrumentals, stop on a dime, pick back up together and stay on time perfectly. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, everything slows down so that we can get an introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheila E. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheila E. And Levi has the bass solo at 2 minutes and 35 seconds, mm-hmm. which is real similar to the concert film, too, before he introduces Sheila. <laughs> drum solo is very very similar to uh similar sounding anyway to the concert film mm-hmm. i mean you can almost see her when you're listening to this one yeah. like Blue five dress. and a half minutes <laughs> yeah. with the symbol parts where she's just hitting them with her hands yeah and the camera that's overhead her uh-huh. over her head looking straight down from the concert film yeah i definitely was picturing all of that stuff. yeah me too And the lighting effects on her, which were awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we round out this disc, the first half of the concert, uh, with If I Was Your Girlfriend. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, plucky guitar, this oh, yeah. intimate delivery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really love live backup singers here. Yep. It's, it's, yeah. It's, there's something about the combination of the live backup singers, Prince's live delivery. 
a drum machine that's super simple, mm-hmm. and you know the bass and guitars that are going on over it, and even like the airy synthesizers that are happening too, the pads mm-hmm. that I think are all like superb. And this we covered this earlier. This was a single that went nowhere, but it's probably one of Prince's most complex pop songs, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, per, complex and perplexing yeah. all at once. Yeah. And I really, I love a live version of this because it's a completely different feeling from the high pitched up Camille Mm -hmm. version of it. It's almost less, it takes a layer of the sexual orientation inception Uh off of the song Yeah, because Prince is singing it in his normal, you know, voice, falsetto voice. It's not Camille. Right. Uh, singing If I Was Your Girlfriend, which would be, you know, which... Com- yeah. homoerotic. Yeah. Right, it complicates the situation even more. But yeah, I totally agree. This is one from the concert film that looked very, very lip-synced. Uh-huh. Do you remember it? It yeah. looked like it was him singing over something else. It was one of the most obvious lip-sync songs in the whole film, with the exception of You Got the Look, which was just like a video that was in the middle. But here you can enjoy it without any of the... Silliness of the storyline at the end with Cat on the phone saying, you know, I want to know, I want to know why a fox is dressed up like a lamb. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. These things are, they're supposed to be, I don't know, thought provoking and come off as kind of corny. But I also thought that this always struck me as a strange song when performed live. He did it, uh, like during the emancipation tour he did it and it was a very upbeat kind of driving song. And- Here, it's like you said, it's kind of subdued, but mm-hmm. somehow magical at the, yeah. same, at the same time. And it's just uh, really cool. Well, and there's these echo effects yeah. that are put on at like 2 minutes and 48 that are yeah. so good. Yep. So interesting. It's such a nice effect live. Just give it a completely different feel. I love the way it kind of starts to wrap up. There's horns mm-hmm. and if I was your girlfriend repeated and shore dues and vocalizing. And it's such a nice way to wrap it up without that spoken outro. From the, the album version? From the album version. Yeah. Well, and you know, you can't see it, but you assume that somewhere on stage, Prince and Cat are leaning up against a mirror-shaped, or a heart-shaped mirror, uh-huh. you know, that raises out of nowhere and then, you know, lays uh-huh. back down. And uh, that also reminded me of the, again, on the official podcast, a lot of the band members would say that they put the penguin... <laughs> Who gets background credit Uh vocals on Housequake and some other songs that they would put it right where Prince could see it when the heart would lay down, that this penguin would be right there in front of his face. And it just made me think of that, too. It was really, really very funny. Mm -hmm. I really like how the music, too, it's rising in the left channel and it gives this, like, intense climax. Mm Mm-hmm just the way the spoken part did on the album version yeah. but with only music yeah it yeah. does it so it 
does the same thing, but without repeating it exactly. And it was so effective. And yeah, I right. really appreciated like that. Really cool crescendo there at the very end. Yeah. Um, I think they were fortunate to have that song work to be the ending of a disc, mm-hmm. you know, splitting us up into two parts. Right. It's a super cool ending. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a little ominous uh-huh. at the end of this disc a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And it's not like a nice little bow at the end of a show, right? At all, exactly. Well, that's because it's not the end. That's right. But we'll cover the second half of that next time. We sure will. Yeah. But before we start talking about what we're going to do next time, we have selections to make this time. So we, we choose do. three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies. The time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. Yep. The sea, the low point, the thing that we liked the least, and the mountain, the high point. Yeah. Yeah. These are my rules. I go first. Floor is yours. All right. The time capsule for me is playing the sunshine. The scents around it are just so, so very dated, but not in a bad way. They just sound like the 80s. (laughs) What's yours? Um, I'm giving it to the iconic opening guitar solo leading into the title track, Sign of the Times, the opening of the tour, because uh, it was that was always the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, just him on stage with a guitar, you know, being a rock god all of a sudden for a single that really was not a rock god kind of single. Mm-hmm. It was a pop song, spoken word, you know, statement of reality thing right. that was very somber with like undistorted guitars you know mm-hmm. very bluesy and he turned it into uh almost like the let's go crazy guitar solo at the very yeah. beginning of the show and uh that's how he opened the mtv music video awards when he performed um in 1987 also so it just always will be the opening of sign of the times and screams 1987 <laughs> to me cool all right the c yeah uh Fun as hot thing was to listen to the objectification in it, as well meaning as I really think it was, just doesn't age well. And here you let me talk for a minute about how much I loved it live, and it was so much I, better live. I than... can appreciate it and how much fun it is live to listen to and still say, that's squeaky. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't disagree, you know? <laughs> I mean, if somebody did that today, if if there were concerts in 2021 and that's how it worked, it would be, you know, Kanye getting ripped for, you know, objectifying women. So I get that. But for me, the C is just going to be slow love. Okay. It is very lullaby-ish. Uh, it's a, well, I mean, it's the only slow track really on the first disc here of the show. So that's a little, that's not Slow Love's fault, mm-hmm. but it's also not my favorite song on the album right. either. Um, so it just carries over here. I can find lots to like about all these tracks, um, but the one that I like the least is Slow Love, except for you got a saxophone this morning or this uh-huh. evening. Uh-huh. That's cool, but it doesn't yeah. pull Slow Love out of the sea for me. Okay. And then the mountain. 
I really love the live version of If I Was Your Girlfriend. It's seen that way. Seems so, it's so successful and it has such a different feeling when it's not pitched. Yeah. And some of the other things that I didn't necessarily love lyrically aren't there because we don't have that whole outro and not like the spoken word outro in the uh, studio version it, it had troubling bits for me I, yeah. I didn't dislike it but i really i love this live version it's really right. great how about you i will say i also love this live version but there are versions of it that he performed later where it's a more driving and even more upbeat track that i enjoy even more um so i'll have to pull those out of the archive for you <laughs> let's get a compare and contrast opinion um for me the mountain is i can never take the place of your man because it just has it all it's got that slow groovy build in it's a super upbeat and fast song that's a great fit for this particular band and then that jazzy and funky instrumental at the end i always love it it's never repetitive to me i could it could go on for another 10 minutes and i'd be good with it so that's mine love it awesome great well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate and review and, you know, tell a friend because it's more fun when you can talk about it with a friend. And, uh, yeah, well, you're talking to our listeners. I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, of course I'm listening to you. I try to tell friends about it. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking with you about it right now, aren't yeah, I? What more do you want? <laughs> Until next time, happy purple listening. See.